Well, hey guys. <laughs> For those of you that don't know me, my name's Emily Berger, and I am one of the connection coordinators with Brookwood Kids. And I would be remiss if I didn't say while I had the mic that we need volunteers. So <laughs> if you're looking for your place on Sunday morning, please come up and see me in Pod C or the chapel and we can get you started. Well, that's it for my volunteer spiel. I have to say it because it's my job. <laughs> um, if you guys can go ahead and open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. So today is our third third installment in our series on how to. This is called How to Read. And you guys are all in high school, so I'm trusting the fact that you guys know how to read. But today we're going to talk about how to read your Bibles and what that looks like when it may not be the easiest thing to do. Over generations and generations and with dozens and dozens of writers, God inspired them and asked them to write down his words. How amazing is it that over generations, we still got the same message? I think that's pretty incredible. The message is still the same. Um, let's go ahead and read in 2 Timothy chapter 3. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. I'm reading out of the ESV, so this is going to be different knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. One of my favorite things about the Bible is that unlike many of the heroes of the faith, the Old Testament people that we've heard about, we actually have something that we can access at any time of the day or night, and we can hear what God has to say to us. That's amazing, and that's one of the things that makes the Bible different than any book that you will ever read. We have access to him at any time. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God are the gifts that God has given us to communicate with him. These gifts show us that God wants you to know him. He already knows you. He formed you. He created you. But he wants you to know him, and he invites you to do that through scripture. This is the number one way that God is going to speak directly to you. God can speak in so many ways. He can speak through nature, through worship, through music. But this right here is the number one way that we actually get to see who God is and what he has to say. It's also so important to know the Bible for yourself so that you know what's true and you know if who's up here speaking to you is telling you the truth. There's no way that you guys would believe me if I came up here and just started saying that. You know, an Old Testament story that you've heard all your life. I, I could come up here and say, oh, Noah took three of every animal on the ark and you guys would be like, uh, no, that's not true. You guys know what's true because you know that story. Well, that should be true for the whole Bible so that you know that what Kevin says when he's up here, what I'm saying, you guys can trust that that's true. There are some questions, though, that come with this. I am a nerd, and I will just go ahead and say that about myself. I love to read. I love to study. This is a part of my walk with God that has pretty much always come easily for me. But what about you? What if you don't like to read? 
What if this really is a struggle for you? What if the Bible seems boring? Or you read it and you're like, I don't know what I just read. This is super confusing. Or maybe you're also like me. You grew up in the church. You've been here since you were born. And the stories that you read and the things that you are learning, it just seems old. What then? So first, my first tip would be find what works for you. The most important part about reading your Bible is actually setting aside time to connect with God. That's gonna look different for everybody. When I was growing up, and I was your age, I was raised in a very conservative Baptist church in the Midwest, and I was taught that your daily quiet time looked like an hour in the morning that you got up before the sun and you got your favorite hot coffee or tea and you sat down and you read the word before you start your day. Well, I'm a night owl, so I would try that and I would literally fall back asleep on the Bible because <laughs> I was exhausted. That was not something that was working for me. That's, that just wasn't reasonable. I like to sleep until 10 a.m. sometimes. But there's actually nowhere in the Bible where it instructs you to have a daily quiet time in the same place at the same time for the rest of your life. That's nowhere in there. You can fit your quiet time and your time with God in the small moments of your life where it works for you. They also, quiet times, that's what I was raised saying it was a quiet time. Uh, but the time that you study your Bible, it doesn't have to be quiet. That's something I learned when I became a mom. Sometimes you don't have that quiet space. But God speaks, even if it's not silent around you, might be a little bit harder to hear him. But when you're tuned in, you can still hear what he has to say, even if it's not quiet around you. So your quiet time can look different in different stages of your life too, your time with God. Um, for me, when I was your age, I was in high school, I actually did try to get up before school and read my Bible in the summer. I just would try to do it at the beginning of my day because I usually slept in until 10 a.m. When I was in college, I slept until I started class pretty much. I got to class right when class started, and so I had my time with God at the end of the day before I laid down. Now that I'm a mom of a two-year-old, I have my time with God when he's sleeping, when he's napping. It looks different in every stage of your life, and that's okay. So if something that's been working for you isn't working anymore, change it. It doesn't have to be the same way that it always has been. This also looks very different for different people. And I, I asked my husband before I said this, because I didn't want him to get mad at me. But um, like I said before, I'm a nerd. I love to read and study. My husband, Jordan, which most of you know him, he does not like to read at all. It is not fun to him. He's like, this is dumb, I don't wanna do this. But he knows that his time with God is important, that the Bible is important, that the words that God has given us to get to know him are important. And so he chooses what works for him. And that might mean that I do it in the evenings and that Jordan does it in the mornings. A lot of times he'll listen to the Bible and on audio while he's driving to work, because that's what works for him. And we live in a day and age now where you can choose a different Bible version that works better for you. You can choose to listen on audio. They even have Bibles that look more like artwork that the text is you know, in with all of the artwork and you can see it that way too. So there's a ton of ways that you can choose to make something work better for you. 
regardless of when and how you choose to spend your time in the Bible, make sure that you're making it happen. Make sure that you're investing in your relationship with God through reading the Bible for yourself because he wants you to know him. The second thing is um, pay attention to context. I know you guys have talked about this here. <laughs> so if you don't know what context means, it um, basically means that if there's a, a verse, you don't want to read just that verse. You want to take into consideration the verses that are around it. You want to understand the language, the history, and the circumstances that give meaning to that particular verse. One of the, um, in my opinion, top ex examples of one of these verses that's always taken out of context is Philippians 4.13. A lot of you guys know it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But um, you really need to take into consideration that entire passage to know what it really means. So I'm starting in um, Philippians 4.12. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plen plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So really, this verse is often used in sports or in other things where an athlete or somebody is saying, well, I'm gonna do great because it's God who gives me strength. But what that verse actually means is Paul, the one who was writing it, he was struggling. He, was, he needed um, help from the people around him, really, but he was just saying that he's been at the lowest of the low and he knows that his true contentment isn't in his circumstance, but in his right relationship with Jesus, and that's what brings him strength. So it's a completely different meaning. It would be like if you tried to run a marathon with no training, and you're like, oh, I'm, I can do this. God gives me strength. Well, no, no, you're gonna fail. You're gonna get a couple miles in, or in my case, the thought of me running is laughable. So like a block in, and you just fall on the ground because you can't do it. You didn't train. I'm never gonna train for a marathon. If I tried to run one, everyone would laugh. But if you're training and you're getting ready for it, then you can succeed. And it, you can't just say, God's gonna make this happen for me. So in that example, context matters. It matters in um, the case of figuring out what scripture actually means. The Old Testament and the New Testament work together to form God's big story. That's what we always say in Brookwood Kids. That's why it's so amazing that God has one constant message throughout the entire Bible. So if it ever seems like something is contradicting itself, that means it's time to dive a little deeper, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, so if you, if you do have questions, you also can pay attention. Um, if you guys still have your Bibles open, you can see on the bottom, there's a little tiny subtext at the bottom. Those are called footnotes. And uh, the numbers and letters correspond in the text. So if you're reading and you see a tiny letter or a tiny number, look at the bottom of the page. And sometimes there's a scripture that's in a completely different book of the Bible. And that means that those scriptures, they go together. They um, complement each other. And I think that's so cool because more often than not, those, the books were not written by the same people but yet it's the same message throughout, which just further proves that it's God's message and not those who actually authored the books. Um, moving on to number three, it's okay to have questions. This is something that I didn't learn until I was out of college and I wish that I had known it earlier. It's okay for you to not understand what something means in the Bible. 
If you are reading and you're like, I don't know what I just read. Have you guys ever done that? You're reading the Old Testament and you like read a couple of pages and you're like, wait, what just happened? Yeah, like a million times because it's not easy to understand. It was written a completely different language. It was a long time ago. There's a lot of things that make it difficult to understand sometimes. So when you're reading and you don't, you, you don't understand a word, a concept, if everything just like seems to have gone straight over your head, what I started doing a couple years ago, instead of stopping and rereading and then again saying, what did I even just read? Or stopping and looking it up on the internet, which is just a whole different rabbit hole, I just wrote it down, wrote down what question I had, and I moved on. Because for me specifically, and this is, again is what works for me, writing it down and moving on kind of felt like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna come back to that, but I'm gonna keep going and I'm not gonna take myself out of this moment. Because sometimes, especially if you, if you like I do, Google everything, um, that can really take you out of that moment with God. And you also don't know that whatever is on the internet is written by somebody trustworthy, that you can trust their opinion. So what really works well is First of all, to pray about the, those questions that you have, the ones that you have written down, but also to ask your group leader, to ask Kevin, to ask another staff member, I'm always available. Hey, I read this, I don't know what this means. Can you please help me with this? And the answer is always gonna be yes, and if I don't know the answer, I'm gonna say, I actually don't know the answer to that question, but let's find out together. Um, one of the, my favorite things about the Bible is that it's living and active, which is found um, in Hebrews 4.12. It's one of my favorite verses. Um, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Um, it may, might be a little bit un easier to understand in a different version that you guys have, but um, basically what that means to me is that in these moments where I have questions, it also may be something that God hasn't revealed to you yet. That at this point in your life, you're not really supposed to understand it completely. And that's also why it's never time to stop studying the Bible. If I have um, my grandmother, she is very sick and she's almost 80. And um, she became a Christian when she was a young mom and nobody in her family was a Christian and the only thing that she had was her Bible. And we talk all the time about the things that she's still learning. She's been a Christian for over 60 years and she still reads the Bible and finds something that she had never learned before. And that's what it means when it says God's word is alive and active because um, God is always speaking. Something that you read might not jump out right now, but it might jump out when you have a different life experience at a different phase of your life. So his word is always alive and active. Another option that you can um, use when you have questions, you can ask somebody that you trust, a pastor, a group leader, um, a parent, somebody like that, if they have any pastor or ministry leader that they really trust, and um, you can look on those websites for sermons or blog posts that explain those concepts. That's also a really great way to learn as long as you're sure that um, whoever you're looking up is somebody trustworthy and that is biblical. Um, so I literally have a Google Doc in my Gmail account that 
it is my list of questions. And when I'm reading through the Bible and I have something that I don't know, I will write down the question, write down the verse, and date it. And I just try to keep up with that. I go back every once in a while and see if something um, has finally makes sense that didn't make sense before. Sometimes I'll look at the questions I had and I'm like, that seems kind of silly that I had that question at that time. But there's never a question that's too silly when you're trying to understand God's word. God doesn't expect us to understand everything right off the bat. When you read the Bible and you think, what does this mean? God's not saying, why don't you know what that means? That's not his heart at all. His heart is for you to know him. And he loves that you ask questions. He loves that you're diving into his word. I just love, again, that God's word is living and active and that we learn more and more and more and more every time we read. That's the beautiful thing that makes it so much different than any other book. And um, as a whole, I just really wanna stress that the biggest and most important thing about choosing to read your Bible in any way that works for you, um, any version, any audio, is also just remembering that God wants you to know him. He already knows you, he knows your deepest, darkest thoughts, and he still loves you, he still wants a relationship with you, he still wants you to know him, and he desires for you to seek a deeper relationship with him, and this is the best way to do it. If you really struggle with reading in general, or with re just reading your Bible, you're not alone. Don't let that stop you from diving in. You can also choose to read a plan on the Bible app with some of your friends. You can ask for an accountability partner. You can um, check in with your closest friends and say, hey, have you read your Bible today? It also doesn't have to be a long time every single time that you read. It can be 10, 15 minutes here and there in the parts of your day where it works for you. Whether it's listening on audio, reading out loud, reading with a partner, or simply just finding time to make it work regularly. God meets you where you are, just as you are. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you meet us exactly where we are, that you know our hearts, that you know our struggles, and that you want to know us even in our sin, even as we struggle to know you, I pray that you will just give us a desire for your word and give us the desire to know you more and more. In your name I pray, amen.